Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? Doing really well. I'm excited for uh, this episode, you know, extending our format a little bit for season mm-hmm. release so we can really get into the weeds. Yeah, today we got part two of our season 13 release as kind of Henry was leading on and I'm excited as well. I also really enjoyed... Uh, not absolutely trying to fit everything into one episode. I feel like we're getting the chance to talk about everything in full, which is quite nice. Before we do any of that, though, make sure if you want a question answered on the podcast, ask it in our Discord channel for questions or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at KirkRudoShay and at HB Burson. Links for both those are in the description. If you want to support the show, we'd really appreciate it if you check out our Patreon page. There's a ton of awesome benefits over there. Exclusive t-shirts, exclusive episodes, exclusive events, exclusive tournaments, all that jazz. It's also in the description of this episode. With that, though, let's just dive into the patch notes straight away. And we're going to talk legends at the start. And your favorite lady is getting some time to shine. Yeah. Rampart. Getting some changes. I'll walk through some of the basic ones, though. First, we got Sheila spin-up time was decreased from 1.75 to 1.25 seconds. The amped covers deploy health was increased from 485 to 120. And the amped covers deploy time was decreased from 4.25 to 3.6. And I swear to you, that entire increase is all on the front end because that base builds so fast now. It's ridiculous. Um, These are huge changes. Massive. I would say that this is more of a rework to how you play Rampart than Watson's rework last season. So kind of important changes. It's all kind of in response to um, different approaches that affect Rampart. Number one, we have Newcastle, who also builds walls. So in Mm -hmm. that, she has more competition. It's more difficult to pick up Rampart if you play Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also everything that went down with the LMGs this season. Her passive is entirely tied to the power of the LMG weapon class. Every single mm-hmm. one of them was nerfed, and the Rampage was put into the Replicator uh, with, the, with the Spitfire also kind of coming in to replace it from the uh, supply package. Mm-hmm. But these changes, I think, even though those kind of outside external forces are at play. Sheila, as a minigun, has the highest time to kill in the game. Highest DPS, fastest time to kill. Mm -hmm. By allowing it to shoot half a second faster by decreasing the spin-up time, you are massively buffing its ability to secure knocks in all situations. You can just pick this thing up. You don't have to place it. It's very, very powerful. And then having the amped cover not only deploy a lot faster, but triple in its hit points while uh, building is next level. You really can't stop a rampart from setting up in the open anymore, um, which is really, really impressive. Uh, you know, before one wing man shot could take care of a wall. That's not the mm-hmm. case anymore. It's a lot more difficult to stop a rampart from doing something, especially since they build faster as well. So you can pop down two yep. or three, and that's pretty awesome. So 
Yeah. Even though we're super excited about Newcastle, don't sleep on Rampart if maybe you, you haven't unlocked the new legend or you've mm-hmm. liked Rampart in the past. This is her time to shine. A, a focused team like can definitely still take away her ability to build, but it comes back to what we've talked about being such an intangible benefit to legends when you have to shoot bullets at parts of their kit. It's a really nice buff in theory uh, that they're going to have to waste more ammo. They're not going to have full mags when they approach you. It's very, very nice. And so this is really cool to see for Rampart. It's really interesting. These kinds of like exterior forces pushing in on her that aren't like directly an impact, but they just are other game changes. It's a thing we've seen with other legends. And then we don't see the legend that it's affected you know, get addressed in a timely manner. Yeah. So it's really nice to kind of see this come at the same time as these other things are happening. I feel like in the past, it would have been like, we get something like this in a season or two seasons from now, essentially to kind of catch up. But it feels like they're really ahead on this one, which is quite nice. So little props there, as I'll say. Agreed. And Rampart needs this. She's not very popular. So it definitely totally. demands this. Valkyrie. Valkyrie got a little nerf. She can no longer freely spin while launching during her Skyward Dive. And she also got another one of those, you know, buffs or nerfs that we're talking about where it's something else in the game that's changing that really impacts her kit. That's the out-of-bounds changes. Uh, When going out-of-bounds, a few things will now be disabled. Abilities, weapons, ordinances, survival items, healing items. It will not cancel mid-heal, though. So, like, if you're in bounds, you fall somewhere that's out-of-bounds, and then you fall back off, you'll continue that heal. And all active passes, for example, Valk's jetpacks. Going OB, it's a very big part of her kit in ALGS, pro play, intense tournaments. It'll buy you, you know, you get a 15 second timer essentially to heal, reset, recover, and then drop in. Something a lot of teams do nowadays. And Valk's the only legend in the game that can get you into these OB spots. It's a very interesting nerf. They no longer spinning on the Skyward Dive. I go back and forth on if that's going to be impactful, but I think it's just a it's a little nerf that's probably necessary for what is a very powerful ability. There will be a couple instances now where you'll get beamed as you're kind of going up, where otherwise you may not have been, uh, especially if you're one of the people, I think, on the side. Because if you are, you know, if you're the center Valk going straight up and spinning around, I don't think you move drastically, but the people that are attached on the outside, those people were spinning like a whirlwind all the way around and were very much impossible to hit. Those people, I think, they're going to start even lower to the ground. They're going to be quite vulnerable. Yeah, I don't think that this is like, you can't use Valk anymore. You know, this wasn't totally, a, totally. a big clap down on Valkyrie. Like maybe some people were asking for, given her popularity in the competitive mm-hmm. scene. The truth of the matter is, Valkyrie came out about a year ago. Her ultimate, we said it here on the podcast, is game-changing. You could say Mm -hmm. it broke the game, but it definitely changed the game because if placement is important, her long-distance rotation ability is unrivaled and completely changes how you interact with the zone, how you Mm third-party, how you interact with other teams, how you get high ground. She is so critical. She still will be critical despite these changes. So don't let, you know... Totally. Valk being one of two legends that had changes this season be a deterrent from using her. You pair her with a legend like Gibraltar, she still is incredibly safe to get you into the top mm-hmm. five 
no matter what in ranked and competitive, I don't think this is going to affect things. Yeah, I think that's uh, very fair to say. I tend to agree with you. Maggie also got some changes. Not really, though, but she got some changes that do affect her. So the Mastiff went into the care package, and then the Mozambique and the PK increased limb damage from 0.8 to 1. Kind of, you know, Maggie's passive, 100% linked to shotguns. Is this a meaningful nerf in terms of taking away a weapon out of her loot pool rotation or buffing the ones that are still remaining? How does this impact her specifically? It's an interesting conversation that, I'll be honest with you, I never thought we were going to have. I never thought a legend whose ability was tied to the weapons in the loot pool, we were ever going to see a number go down, essentially, coming out of that. That was something I just thought was an impossibility. So this is a big shakeup in my point of view on things. It's really, really shocking because when we had Rampart and Spitfire left and really got replaced by the Rampage, Mm-hmm. And now, kind of, we get the vice versa. Unfazed, really, by that change in terms of just by the numbers power, she could actually benefit from it. Yeah. Maggie does not benefit from the Mastiff being removed from ground loop. Yeah, the Mastiff's going to be great in the one out of 20 games that you find it if you main Maggie. Totally. But mm-hmm. this, I think, is very meaningful. You, you can look at it like Maggie's losing 25% of the weapons that power her passive ability. Mm-hmm. But you could also say that the Mozambique does not have long-term value as a primary weapon for Maggie, and mm-hmm. neither does the EVA based off its range constraints. So mm-hmm. the Peacekeeper is the only option for Maggie. You must have a Peacekeeper in order to maximize Maggie's movement passive ability. That's huge because last yeah. season, the Mastiff was a viable option. I think you could use either of them. So We went back and forth, yeah. I really liked the rate of fire of the Mastiff. It was hitting more consistently than it used to in the past. I felt like it was viable. Peacekeeper was still better. But this cuts Maggie's passive in half in all intents and purposes. Like, this is a big deal for Maggie in my eyes. Yeah, it's really too bad. I've actually played a solid amount of Mackie over the last season. I probably picked her up more than anyone else in terms of our uh, group of people that kind of like grind together. And it hurts. It's sad a little bit for sure. Like, you know, if you find a PK, you're feeling fine still. But the fact that you now have to find a PK is not as exciting uh, to say the least. So this is a two, like, this is a change that I don't understand. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, we follow leaks very closely. We're not hiding from you guys that like a new shotgun was supposed to come out that then it didn't. And that would kind of like justify the loot pool in some way, shape or form. This was just a change they were essentially willing to make. If they had buffed up the Eva again, I could have understood it. If they had bumped up the Mozambique even further, I could have understood it. But even then, it's just the quantity uh is not totally there so it's a weird one to say the least i think the mastiff going to the care package is the strangest thing that has happened at apex in my memory it really Mm -hmm. is because it's a complete disregard for maggie and she's a brand new legend so why are Mm -hmm. we forgetting about her all of a sudden and then the mastiff was initially a care package weapon so it's now there's a lot of great options we had talked about before the season dropped that the hemlock would make a perfect candidate for a supply drop weapon in line Mm -hmm. with the others that have already gone in. The Mastiff meets zero 
of the requirements based off the last three weapons that have gone in mm-hmm. to justify a move like this. Yeah. And the fact that it, I think, will hurt Maggie so much just boggles my mind. What is the rationale behind the Mastiff getting removed from the ground move? They straight up removed Maggie's animation as well from the game. She will never see a Mastiff. I mean, maybe she will, but it's very unlikely you'll see a Mastiff on the ground. So you'll never get that kick up animation. Because even if you grab it out of a pack, you, you're not get, you don't get that kick up animation. So, yeah. man, it's, uh, it's a little weird uh, to say the least. Let's talk Lifeline. So, Lifeline is a legend that has kind of been in the spotlight with Newcastle's addition to the game. She didn't get any changes. Walk me through a little bit what maybe we've heard, what we're thinking. We touched on it briefly in last episode, but I think we have a little bit more time to talk about it now. Yeah, so there was a developer interview that was put on by Dextero. And what they said was, although the devs have been evaluating Lifeline's kit and will continue to do so, they do not consider Lifeline a priority as her pick rate is still relatively high heading into the new season. The developer also addressed the comparison between Lifeline and Newcastle, expressing that they fulfill very different roles due to the combat medic's abilities to heal and revive two teammates simultaneously. I am blown away by this Mm -hmm. conversation, and I think it is probably amplified by the fact that we don't have a dev stream. This is the first patch notes that we don't have one single developer note for any of the changes. This is the Mm -hmm. most silent the developers have ever been for a new season. And to this be kind of a a critical piece of press and outreach is extremely disappointing. I think it's fair to say. A couple reasons uh, that I can think of. I'll let you jump Mm -hmm. in here, but you can sense I'm on a roll. You got it. Um, To acknowledge that there's overlap between Newcastle and Lifeline's abilities. And then to say her pick rate is still high before the season, so we're not going to do anything, is blatant arrogance. Like, Mm -hmm. you are admitting that you're completely ignorant to the change that you're about to make. Yes, I understand that Newcastle has a powerful reviving ability, but Lifeline's still popular before he comes out, so there's no reason to change it. That's Mm -hmm outrageous to me because you know you're going to make a change that will directly affect lifeline's popularity but unlike what we're doing to rampart we're not going to address it at all and we're just going to sit back and say we'll see what happens we think they're two separate kits and play styles yeah what this screams to me though as well is we're going to bring in uh newcastle strong and then Mm -hmm. we're going to nerf him like how they've kind of done so with the handful of legends uh, recently upon release, which I'm not a fan of that kind of mentality and doing that. I think nerfing a legend affects people's you know opinion on them, whether the nerf is large or not. Just kind of taking stuff away from their kid is always going to hurt people. And I think that that could be part of the reason they're not changing Lifeline because if you buff Lifeline because Newcastle's coming in and you expect him to be strong... Mm-hmm. Well, now we're getting the power creep issue of are people too powerful? Are legends too powerful in this game, essentially? It's a tough question that is going to continue to come up as new legends are introduced into the game. It's something they've said they've wanted to avoid. And so I'm really interested to see how this kind of 
comes into play and is settled once again, because I don't think this is going to be the last time we're going to hear developers talk about Lifeline versus Newcastle, yeah. especially with early impressions of Newcastle being that I can't imagine playing Lifeline anymore, which is too bad. She's an OG. Like, Henry mained her for a long time. I mained her for a long time at different standpoints since, since we started playing the games. I know, I mean, maybe she keeps her spot as like the best healer in arenas because it's such close quarters. But nobody cares about arenas right now. Like, why is that the spot to kind of get attention? It's a bad look. It's a bad look either way. Because if they come in and they say, hey, we're not going to do anything, and then they nerf Newcastle, we don't like that approach. That's kind of a big failure on in our eyes. Or if they come in and say, oh, we're going to um, not do anything, and Lifeline mm-hmm. is just going to you know, decrease in popularity and power because of it. Either way, that's disappointing. And to have them say that not only did we not change her ultimate in any way, but we're not going to. It's not a plan. We're not thinking about it. We're not considering it. We're evaluating her kit, but we don't really think Newcastle is going to affect her pick rate. That's not good. And the other thing is, like you said, Lifeline's an OG. She's free. Her pick rate is much higher than the majority of the legends now, just by default and accessibility. Mm -hmm. So to lean on that as a defense, on why Lifeline mm-hmm. doesn't get attention or why Lifeline isn't going to get a change or a better defense uh, in response to a legend that's very similar is big time disappointing. Yeah, it, it pretty much. I mean, as soon as we saw them give away legends for free and mm-hmm. saw how much that affected pick rate, we were like, oh man, another variable for pick rate that just makes that number in of itself a tough one to use as a measurement tool. Yeah. A little bit of a sidebar on pick rate um typically new legend comes out beginning of the season first couple weeks there's typically a spike of 20 percent in pick rate for the new legend but we know at the same time that most players cannot or choose not to unlock new legends Mm -hmm. so that seems like such a big number that 20 percent but the 15 20 percent seems so large but in reality it's a concentration of the long-time players that are very mm-hmm. interested early on. Everyone that's been playing for years now is going to A, be able to uh, mm-hmm. unlock the legend, and B, want to play them. Mm-hmm. That group is not the majority of players across the board. So pick rate is in no means a reliable way of establishing a legend's power or real popularity for that matter, since it's not widely accessible. If, yeah. if 20% of the player base really plays a legend a lot at the very beginning, that's your 20% group that can do that. 80% cannot. And so to make balancing decisions for the entire group of players when we're not even looking at 80% of the player base that can play them, mm-hmm. wow. We used to think pick rate was critical to making informed yeah. decisions. But now it's just becoming so clear that it's not. And by looking mm-hmm. at pick rate, you're probably shooting yourself in the foot in terms of yeah. how can we make good decisions for legend balance? There's some high-level stuff to see with pick rate for sure. Like someone's been out for a few seasons and their pick rate's high. You can assume that they're on the more popular side of things. But the fact that you know it's going to take a 
handful of seasons to comfortably settle a new legend essentially into where they're supposed to be is really tough. And at that point, there's still room with the new legends in terms of where they actually could be. So it's a weird number. And I think we're going to see that even more extreme. Like I think when we circle on Newcastle's pick rate in a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised if just due to his defensive nature and play style not being uber aggressive, we see a lower rate essentially. Let's talk about the loot changes though that happened this season. They made some changes to cells and syringes, and I gotta say, this one wins the award for most random change that I was not expecting. Um, cells and syringes spawn rates have been lowered by about 18%. What do you think this means, and have you noticed yeah. it? Do you have any first impressions? I mean, we're hyper-focused mm-hmm. on it right now, obviously, but I have felt like in a lot of our games, we've been like, where are the syringes? Like, Or where are the cells, I mean, more likely than anything else, which has been a weird feeling to experience. Yeah, I mean, knocking down small heals by 20% in spawn rate is, no matter how you cut it, probably significant to how many you're going to mm-hmm. be able to find. Um, what exactly it means, though, I have no idea. Yes, you're what right. It's it? random. Mm-hmm. But is this a universal decrease? So we're saying everything has the same weight, you know, and it's all divided up. Evenly, cells and syringes are just going to be 18% less likely to spawn in all situations. Or is this a lot more complicated? Like I would probably mm-hmm. guess that supply bins have different spawn rates than ground loot and that healables have their own spawn rate. That, you know, you have Phoenix kits, med kits, syringes, cells, and batteries. They can all spawn a certain percentage of the time in certain areas but they all have their different values. That's what I assumed was the case. Mm -hmm. And this change in that context means that there's going to be more batteries, more med kits in response to this change. Mm -hmm. Is that the case? I don't know. I also don't really think so based off how this is worded. It seems Mm -hmm. like a universal decrease. And truthfully, I don't know what that means. Does it mean that that 18% is then just replaced by everything else and we won't feel a difference? Or could there be larger heals being more popular? Was that the reason for this change, maybe? This is a great question. Uh, One that I wish we got clarification on in the patch notes, and we'll maybe try and hear from a dev in the future about what something like this means. You know, we know there's a loot table. Mm -hmm. How does it affect the loot table? That's the question. Before we get into talking about Ranked, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Talk about Ranked Reloaded. It's Reloaded, Henry. It's all new Ranked, and that's not a lie. This is a whole new system. We're going to go through kind of the overview of everything going on. We're not reading the patch notes one for one. We're going through the highlights, and we're going to spitball on some stuff. But to start things off, the team iterated that their current Ranked goals were team play for victory and accurate skill and better competition. That was kind of like their two main pillars. Their goals with the ranked changes were to follow those pillars, but also focus on having players play as a team and playing for the win. And then RP to be a more accurate representation of your overall game skill. Interesting goals, obviously all good stuff. You know, it sounds great. I love that. (laughs) I can tell you that when we read this blog post initially before we were able to play and kind of see all the changes, I felt like Mm -hmm. these were really generalized goals that didn't really address the problems that we've had. But a little bit of a spoiler, I think 
they're making seriously good goals and changes in response yeah. to them. That once you understand the full context of what exactly is going on, which is extremely mm-hmm. overwhelming, yeah, I think you are going to have a more accurate representation of game skill. I think you're going to have better competition, more team play, playing for the win. So even though that seems so general, all mm-hmm. these crazy changes that absolutely rework ranked, I, I am confident are going to achieve this. I agree with you early. I think that this is, yeah, spoiler alert, but I think that these changes are looking very good to say the least, at least early on, which is exciting. And I think everybody kind of in the community tends to be in agreement as of now. Like, you know, there's a lot of time for people's opinions and stuff to change on things, but as of now, it's looking good. The big change, though. Now everyone will receive some RP when one member of the team gets a kill. So team RP is being added essentially to the game. The kill RP cap is also being removed from the game, but the base value of each kill is worth increasingly less. For example, last season, all kills used to be worth 10, regardless of where you were in the game. You know, it didn't matter if you were in 19th place or, you know, sorry. Worth 10 at all points, and then it increased. But the baseline was 10. Now, your base value when you're in 14th place plus 1kp is worth 1 point. And then 13th, 12th, and 11th, it's worth 5 points. So you have to get in the 10th place for a kp point to be worth 10, which is a pretty massive switch up. And that was like one of the first things I kind of mentioned to you in terms of just like, dude, this is going to change kind of the flow of things. <laughs> it is huge. From a high level, this is probably one of the biggest takeaways that if you think about it's 20 teams, you have to get into the top 10 in order to get meaningful points in terms of uh, rank points for placement and for kill points. That means first half of the game doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. You just want to loot up loot. and prepare. Mm-hmm. You want to get the positioning and the placement so that you can perform in the back half of the game. This is mm-hmm. a massive change to how you even mm-hmm. approach ranked. And for us, it makes us hesitant to, to third party at the beginning or take an early fight mm-hmm. at all. We used to want that early KP to bank it into the late game. Now, yeah. man, there's no benefit from doing it early on. It's, it's so interesting because they removed the kill cap. And so I think a lot of people instinctively thought, oh my gosh, just going to be glorified pubs. You know, yeah. people are going to be trying to get their 20 bombs and go crazy. And I'm sure there's going to be a handful of very talented players that have some huge RP gains uh, because of that lack of a kill cap. But the fact that they increased entry costs as well and then made it so it's so hard to crack into gaining RP. Dang, it's it's risky to take a fight. Like it's not worth the three KP if you're gonna get 14th plus, essentially, which is brand new. And they pretty much reinforced this. In this patch note, they directly quote, they said, in a battle royale, placing worse than the bottom half of the lobby is losing. Having kills without the placement should not constitute a success. You wipe the first two teams in the game, you lose the next fight, you get 18th place. That is a loss. Six kills, 18th place, 17th place, 16th place. That is a loss. That's new in terms of mentality and not something that had until this point ever been officially established, which 
We love communication from the devs. So I'm getting hyped here in this kind of thing, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the past, we had heard a lot more simple uh, comments regarding kills that mm-hmm. we do want to reward players for kills. Kills is difficult. That's how you, you know, promote your own skill is by killing mm-hmm. all the other teams. So kills do have value. This is mm-hmm. a massive change because we're saying, no, kills are nothing unless you have placement as well. And yeah. we're not going to reward you for kills at all unless you get the both. And that means that placement is everything. Once mm-hmm. you get the placement, go crazy. No more kill cap. Mm-hmm. You're getting 50% of any kill that you have nothing to do with on your team. Yep. Like, that's huge. You can really rack it up, but you need to play smart. I personally mm-hmm. love this. I think this is mm-hmm. awesome. I think this is exactly how ranked should be. And even though you have that kill cap removed, the numbers mean that you want to play smarter than ever in ranked. Yeah. yeah. And they did more. Don't worry. They did more. They introduced rookie tier. So there is now a division below bronze that is kind of the free-to-enter tier. And bronze now has an entry cost. Um, I mean, bronze and your entry costs are now tiered as well. Bronze won minus 24. Do you remember what was minus 24 last season, Henry? Gold. Gold. That's a huge difference when we just talk about climbing. And that, in part with how difficult it is to potentially get these points now, if you are you know, dying early, we're kind of the opinion right now that this season and this placement is going to be kind of the most, uh, let's say, like celebratory or like noteworthy placement ever. Like if you're a plat this season, that's different than being a plat in previous seasons. That's our early impressions. Things are subject to change on that, obviously, as we kind of got dive into get and getting to know things better. But that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, and we'll get more into exactly why that is. Yeah. Kill tier differences are also no longer as relevant. That was something kind of you pointed out to me. And instead of actually having a difference between one tier, you only have a difference unless there's two tiers, which is kind of an interesting thing. So unless you are killing people two tiers difference from you, you're not going to see any kind of the skill modifier or kill modifier that they talked about. Talk to me about RP thresholds because this is another big one that they shifted this season, which is adding to what I talked about earlier with the difficulty of climbing in general. Yeah, I mean, if we did everything else and not this, we would have such a better picture of what exactly rank looks like, what's important, how fast it's going to take. But the fact that they increase the size of each individual division by 200 rank points. Mm-hmm. Means that you might be gaining more RP or maybe losing more RP as well, but it's going to take longer to gain. As an example, Plat Season 12, just to get into Plat 4, was 4,800 rank points. This season, it's 8,200. It's a 70% increase in the RP required to get in. So you better hope that you're gaining more than you were last season in order to get there within the same time period, same amount of games. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's safe to assume that's probably not the case, especially considering that the entry price for Plat 4 is now 51. In Season Mm -hmm. 13, it was 36. So that's a 42% increase. These changes, and they are 
you know, amplified as you go up the ranks as well. And I think are really going to yeah. support the masters and the pred players uh, to make sure they're not griefing and they're, they're staying very competitive. They want to reach pred. Yeah. Um, but the sandbagging of ranked game, slowing mm-hmm. down, you need to play more games. You need to be more consistent. You need to have more kills, better placement overall. Means that different ranks are going to be a lot more competitive than they were. And you are going to yeah. be stuck if you're not in a mm-hmm. rank that you should be at because it's so hard to gain just relative to previous seasons. You hit it right there. You have to place better and get more kills now. Yeah. The two things that matter in Apex Legends, you have to do at a better level. It's going to be really cool to see, I think, how things shake out. We're not done, though. Ranked is still getting even more reloaded. They added tiered emotions as well. Something we talked about at length leading up into this season. Here's the quote, though. We are introducing tiered emotions with the goal of addressing the current struggle some players experience when they get promoted to a new tier but cannot climb higher in the ranks. Which I think is an interesting like, perspective on it. Because I think it's closer to like what we were kind of saying rather than maybe the perspective a Pred will take of they just want to grief me you know, yeah. at this point. Like, no, it's that they're struggling to climb at this point. Demotions, goals, essentially we're hoping to create a better true distribution of skills across the ladder. Players will get demotion protection for three games as well, which is something I'm so happy they did. I kind of shared that idea early on. Um, and I'm really hyped that something like that came into the game. It provides actual reasons to continue to play. Uh, and then when you are demoted, you drop halfway into the previous tier as well, which is kind of interesting. So you're not going to like pitter patter back and forth constantly. You also get a 100 RP tier promotion bonus when you level up. So you're going to have some leeway. Once you hit a new tier, you're going to have this 100 RP bonus. You're going to have uh, your three games as well that before you can actually get demoted. There's room for error. And then the other thing I want to throw in here as well that they kind of mentioned is whatever your highest tier is, that's the one you're going to get the ranked reward for mm-hmm. at the end of the season, which is kind of an important, interesting thing that we talked about. How do we incentivize players to continue to play, essentially? And how do you reward it for being more difficult in theory. This is kind of one way I think they're trying to balance that per se. So kind of fascinating, interesting stuff. What are some of your thoughts though? A lot of people were scared about demotions. Um, Mm -hmm. This was a perfect implementation that I don't think anyone externally could have done by themselves. This is a Mm -hmm. team effort that I think really speaks to the precision of these changes. Um, the takeaway from the motion is that if you're trying, you're not going to have to worry about it. And mm-hmm. the rank that you fall into is going to be a fair representation. Yeah. The, this demotion is intended to stop players from throwing games and chasing dive trails. That's yep. it. If it does more than that, it's not tuned effectively and they'll have to change mm-hmm. what something about the bonuses or the uh, entry costs or something in mm-hmm. order to make it seem fair. But I think yep. on paper, this seems like a really great direction. I think on paper, ranked reloaded just overall is going in a great way. Like it's really hard for us to compare it to the previous season in terms of, you know, success. We kind of made some attempts, but I think we're just going to have to play to kind of learn essentially. But 
it's really cool. Uh, like you said, they did some precise changes and it was well thought out and the communication was great. We saw on Twitter, you know, some of the developers talking about some of the high level Apex players they brought in to mm-hmm. kind of powwow and share ideas with and bounce stuff back and forth off people. They're bringing in the actual players to help make these changes. The ones that have been complaining since, you know, season two, essentially, which is really cool interaction to see. And they've continued to say like, you know, this is, we put a lot of effort into this. This is not done though. We're going to continue to kind of finalize that. Cause like you said, this tiered motion, maybe it doesn't work exactly as they intended, or maybe the, or, you know, entry threshold doesn't work exactly as they intended. So this is not the final saying, like the final version of what we're looking at here. But I think my first instinct is that we're going in the right direction as of now with ranked. I agree. The downside for all players, regardless of your skill, is that Mm -hmm. all these changes at once are incredibly overwhelming. And the point system Mm -hmm. is now the most convoluted it's ever been. That poses an issue because now you don't know if you gained a lot of points or not. You know, you can assume Mm -hmm. if you get a lot of kills and you win that you gained a lot. But relative to other seasons, you have no idea. 200 gain this season is not the same as 200 last season. And it's less this season. Mm -hmm. And that's all kind of meant to slow down people's ability to gain points. Like I said earlier, it takes more time to gain. You must perform in placement and kills Mm -hmm. in order to gain. That solves the issues of ratting, of people not firing a single bullet and getting into platinum or diamond. Ranks will be much more competitive, Mm -hmm. and that means that you're going to be playing against people of even skill as you settle into your rank. That's exactly what ranked should be, and Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that these are great changes. I think that it's going to be difficult to tell where your points are coming from, honestly, because the kind of breakdown on kills doesn't fully explain how uh, team kills work. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I worry about people not having all the information in such a competitive mode, but I hope that the end result will be a really true representation of people's ranks. But again, the downside is if you were gold before and now you're silver, you shouldn't really feel bad. We're starting no. over. We're starting mm-hmm. completely over. And hopefully the gameplay experience will be better than ever because of it. Yeah, I think those badges and rewards are going to be worth more than ever uh, this season. So I'm excited to see where we settle in yeah. as well. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Last change of the season that we have to go over, the duos and trios emblem that was shifted away to the new picture. Um, I'm not holding back any punches. Probably the worst change Apex has ever made to date. Yeah, I mean... Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Sad. We both noticed it. It's so ugly. And it's not Mm -hmm. just because we don't like, um, you know, more diversity. The animation's different. It doesn't look good. And Horizon looks weird. It just... Mm -hmm. It it really threw us off. I'm not a fan of that. But um, those are the changes for the season. We're planning mm-hmm. on next week doing a ranked guide for Stormpoint because we think it's in pretty high demand. And then Mastering Newcastle. Two really mm-hmm. solid episodes. Make sure you listen in for those. And uh, again, join the Discord and let us know your thoughts of this season. We'd love to hear it. Definitely. Well said. Thank you to our producer of the third party. Ten is who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. 
Thanks so much for listening to the third party podcast. I'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down.